Welcome, welcome everyone to The Enthusiast Life brought to you by GamerGoo. My name is Mark Turcotte. I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, my friends, it is Tuesday, January 12th. 2021. Hopefully your day is off to a good start so far. I know mine is because, hey, we got some good things to talk about here on the podcast. But before we do that, as always, a little bit of housekeeping here. Don't forget you can always follow me on Twitter at Marturk, M-E-R-K-T-U-R-C. And of course, you can always email the show at theenthuselife at gmail.com. So uh, let's kick it off. And you know, I hate to bring this up again. Actually, who am I kidding? I don't hate to bring it up at all again. Uh, guys, I finished Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I gotta say, it is absolutely incredible. It is such a good video game. Like, it is a video game that is um, just just fantastic. Everything about it, like, from the, the big bombastic moments that you have, which the last hour and a half of this game will have your heart racing. It is awesome. But it's all because of all the smaller moments that kind of happen throughout the game. The smaller character moments that you get from not only a great RPG, but from a great video game. There, there are moments where you know, you're not in the middle of combat. You're having these small, quieter moments with another character. And that's building the relationship with that character. Um, you know, When the game starts off... I'm sure many of you out there who maybe played the demo, you were probably turned off by some of the characters and almost more specifically Barrett. I mean, he seems like he's just, you know, such an arrogant, such a loud character that just, you know, you want nothing to do with. But by the end of the game, the arc that he kind of goes on, you know, he's just this lovable character that you would do anything for and know that he'll do anything for you. Like it's, they really nailed so much of the story in this game. And I mean, the cool thing is, you know, they they definitely play off a lot of the nostalgia from the original, obviously. I mean, it's it's in the title, right? Remake. Um, but you don't have to have played the, uh, the, the old Final Fantasy VII to really even get anything out of this. But if you did, it's it hits a lot of the same story beats in that first part of the game, you know, kind of escaping Midgar. Um, but it does many new things um, that really... Uh, I don't know, get me excited for what the future is going to be. You know, the the way this game ends, um, it really is a remake. Yes, they hit some of those same story beats, but now the sky's the limit. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but I will say that if you played the original game, you owe it to yourself to play this game. And even if you haven't, I say you owe it to yourself. I mean, we were having a chat yesterday in the Discord, and, you know, some guys were saying that they're just, they've never been into... Final Fantasy, and I think it was more so the just JRPGs in general. You know, you're not into kind of the turn-based combat like that, um, that those older games are. Uh, I would urge you to give this a shot. Now, I don't know if the demo is still up. If it is up on PS4, um, try it. You know, if if it's not, I don't want to tell you to get it and then, you know, have you just not like the combat. But but I have a feeling that you will because it's, it is action-based, and the way it works is, you know, when usually when you play Final Fantasy, you have your party, and you're kind of switching between your characters, but the game's automatically doing that for you. You're the one deciding to switch the characters, and, and you're incentivized to do it because the, the little bars, they call them these ATB bars, basically like an action bar, if you want to say, are filling up on the other characters slowly, but when you switch to them, it builds quicker, and like every RPG, your characters have certain abilities, and so you may want to use an ability that another character has. You quickly on the fly switch to them and you're just hitting the attack button. You know, you're doing uppercuts and flipping and doing all this stuff, building up that meter. 
then you can pop off an ability. And those abilities are not only just character specific, but it could even be things like pop a healing potion, pop an ether, uh, which gives you, um, you know, your magicka, which is how you cast your spells and things like that. So it's, it's really fun, really frantic. That battle system is just awesome. And once you kind of set into the groove of it, it's just, it's a joy to play. Now I will say too, uh, for those that might play it, because if you've never played a, a game like this before, you could eventually maybe somewhat hit a wall um, with it because some of the combats or some of the battles also kind of have, they're almost like mini puzzles. Um, you have to assess the enemy and kind of find a way to hit them enough to stagger them. And then that's when you kind of unload your damage. Um, the game offers multiple difficulties. And this is kind of where I was going with that is uh, there's the normal difficulty, which I played I want to say probably about 10 or 11 hours before I switched over to the easy. And I know some people listening to me like, oh, you went easy, right? I just got through it. I did. You know, I'll admit that I did. But it got to the point where I, there was one battle that I got to. It was like a boss fight. And I failed it twice. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not really incentivized to sit here and do that. As much fun as the, the battle system was or is, switching over to easy still gets me through the game. You still got to fight the battles. You still got to, you know, combo everybody. You're basically just your hits are hitting harder and the enemy isn't hitting you as hard, essentially is what it does. But you still got to go through the battles. Um, and even then, it still took me 27 hours, 28 hours, I think. And and I still didn't do all the side quests. Actually, in chapter 14, I think it is, they give you a, just a buttload, dump a bunch on, on you. And uh, I was just so pulled by where the story was going. I was like, I got to just see this through. But luckily, when you're done, they let you go back. Um, so at some point, I'm going to go back and pl just play through those quests just to spend more time with those characters because that's kind of where I think my my love for this game is. Um, so that's kind of my review. And I was trying to look at like where it sits now for me for games of last year. Um, I'm going to include it in last year's games because I did buy it in, in 2020. Um I think it it might be my favorite game of last year. It was Miles up till this point. I remember saying that, like you know, that potentially when I when I did that episode, I said that this has the chance to maybe take it. Um, I think it does. Like the the story of both are incredible. That's the thing about Miles that keeps it going, and, and just the feel of playing as Spider Man. Um, but I think what maybe pushes this game over is because it's the newness of it. You know, Spider-Man was just taking that same formula and condensing it down. This really has the feeling of new. Like, this is a new Final Fantasy. If if anything, I would say it kind of plays like Final Fantasy XV, um, but they've just really made the battle system that much better, and you're really switching between characters throughout. Um, it's fantastic, guys. Like, it, it is a fantastic video game. Like, it, it's awesome. So take that for what it is. You know, I, they were laughing saying how I push people to always buy things at Amazon and all that. But, you know, if you haven't, I don't know, like I, I almost got to say like you have to play it, but, but go play the demo. The demo is available, I believe still on PlayStation 4. Uh, go play it and, and see if it's your thing. And I would say if anything, like some of the characters and the way they, they introduce them in um, PlayStation or in the, the demo, don't let that be a turnoff to you. Because trust me, those characters will develop throughout the game, and by the end, you'll be loving every single one of them. Um, take from the demo more the combat and the action, because it definitely gives you a taste of what that game is going to offer. And then, even on a bigger scale, when you bring in things like summons and all that, and some of the spells you get later on are just awesome. Like, 
I mean, what you see happening on the screen, especially towards the end, like it really feels like it did in the late nineties on the PlayStation. Like, I think I've said it before, like I didn't have a PlayStation. So this game for me, my nostalgia came, I bought it for the PC. I remember when they, they released it on the PC, that's when I played final fantasy seven. But I remember going to a friend's house and he was, you know, mid to late game, final fantasy seven on the PlayStation and seeing some of those skills and the summons. And back then how incredible that looked. You, you, I was getting that feeling playing it here and, and the way the soundtrack has it's I'm, I'm done. I can't even talk about it anymore. It's great. It really is. It's my favorite game of 2020 easily. Okay. I'm not going to say easily because come on miles. I know I had a love for miles too, because the way that game ends and the story of that game, you know, had me practically in tears. Um, but it, 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 I think it's going to egg it out more because of that newness. I think it, it, it's something new. Um, it's great. Fantastic. Uh, all right, let's move on because I, I could sit here and gush about Final Fantasy VII, and I hope at some point I can gush with somebody else about this because it's it's great. Um, we got some news that Disney is bringing back Lucasfilm Games, uh, which used to, used to kind of be LucasArts, uh, is now Lucasfilm Games. So pretty much every Star Wars game now is going to be flying under the banner Lucasfilm Games. They put out a nice little sizzle to trailer uh, out yesterday if you saw that. Um, nothing really new in the trailer other than just to pretty much hype me up, but I'm sure many of you to go back and play, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, Battlefront, any of those games listed on there. Um, just yeah, hyping me up. I mean, it even had me to the point where I was like, I I actually wasn't going to get, uh, the Lego Star Wars game, but then I was like, you know what? It's the, uh, Skywalker saga. Maybe I need to buy that. Maybe I do need to get, uh, that Lucas or that, uh, Lego Star Wars game, which who am I kidding? I probably was going to get it anyways. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Lucasfilm games, I, I love it. I love it. You know, to have that be the splash screen that starts happening now in front of all the games. It makes me wonder like if any of the current games are going to get that, like just kind of patched in, you know, are you going to fire up Jedi Fallen Order and suddenly you'll have the Lucasfilm games logo pop up. I don't know. I could see them doing that. Why not? Right. Why, why wouldn't they do it? I mean, it's something that's totally possible in, in today's gaming space and, and with constant updates and all that. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but kudos to, to them for doing that. And, uh, you know, it doesn't mean they're developing games. That's one thing that LucasArts did. You know, LucasArts came up with like Maniac Mansion and, uh, you know, what else were some of the LucasArts games? Um, wasn't, uh, uh, what is it? Um, uh, was Treasure Island? Not Treasure Island. I don't know. What is it? Rescue on Fractalus was uh, one of those games. But there was a lot of Lucas LucasArts games back then. Uh, or Lucasfilm games, I'm sorry. And then I think they converted over to LucasArts. So that's the thing in my day. I guess it was more LucasArts, but Lucas game, or Lucasfilm games was kind of the original uh, one back uh, in the era, 70s and 80s, I guess is kind of what that was. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. But but again, they're not making games. I think it's more like kind of publishing and kind of just putting those Star Wars games under that banner. Uh, we did get some news, and I love bringing these up whenever I uh, see this because it's something that I do own two of these, and I love them, are the arcade one-up cabinets. Uh, they did announce some new cabinets. There is a uh, another X-Men cabinet coming. It is a four-player cabinet, which is cool. I think they already had the two-player, uh, but this is the four-player cabinet now, so kind of like the Ninja Turtles. Uh, it also is going to have the Avengers titles on there. That, what was it? The, or Captain America, and then there was an Avengers title that was with that. Um, but the cool thing is it will now have Wi-Fi. Uh, the NBA GM cabinet has Wi-Fi in it right now, so you can go on there and play uh, online. The X-Men cabinet is going to have that as well. So you can always find people to play with. I think that's awesome. Uh, they're also putting out a kind of a tabletop round table Pong table. So you can get on there and play Pong, which is uh, kind of interesting, I think, and kind of neat. Uh, they're putting out a Dragon's Lair 
cabinet, which is pretty cool. So the idea of uh, Dragon's Lair, I mean, I remember when that cabinet in the arcade, if you're not familiar with it, it essentially is a cartoon that you're just kind of watching flashes on the corner of the screen. And you just kind of got to pull the, the stick in that direction. Um, but uh, I remember you'd see that in the arcade and be like, oh my God, look at those graphics, you know, because my small little child mind didn't understand that that wasn't actually a video game. It was basically just watching a DVD and hitting, you know, next chapter on a, on a, <laughs> on a DVD or on a, you know, remote. If you hit the wrong button, it basically gave you the other direction where you died. Um, and, you know, I've, I've always wanted to go back and just watch Dragon's Lair. I know it's available on YouTube and all that. Um, I know I've even kind of, I think I've searched it out before, but, um, you know, I just always wanted to, in the arcade, play through that and see it to the end, and I never got to see it. Um, I think that'd be fun. Maybe that's something I'll do uh, at some point here is kind of just watch through uh, Dragon's Lair and kind of see that game. But I think that's cool. You know, they're kind of putting that out. That's not a cabinet I would probably buy. Uh, I don't think, honestly, I, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't have any interest. Uh, but I think that's a, a cool one. And then the other one they're putting out that's pretty cool is Killer Instinct as well is coming out. Um, obviously, a rare game, which has me kind of wondering... Like, are we kind of, I mean, I guess now that's Microsoft, right? Um, but, you know, I was just kind of thinking back, like, you know, I mean, where are the Nintendo games? We need a Donkey Kong. Um, I don't, do we have Donkey Kong yet now that I'm thinking about it? I don't think we do. Um, but that Killer Instinct, awesome. You know, get another fighting game. And again, the cool thing with it is Wi-Fi. There is Wi-Fi built into that. So you can go out there and play. That's the one thing, like, having the Mortal Kombat one. I think I've said it before, like I love having the cabinet as a collectible item, as something that it means something to me, that the Mortal Kombat 2 cabinet, um, but I don't ever have anybody to play with, you know, I mean, I don't play with my wife, I don't play with my kids, because I, mean, I hate to say it, but I just destroy them in that game, you know, not that I'm great at Mortal Kombat, but at least I know some moves, you know, half the time of us playing together is me saying, okay, pick a character you like, and then we figure out the moves so they can do them, and then they just can't execute them anyways, and it's pointless, so having that Mortal Kombat cabinet online, I think is huge, um, being able to always have people to play with, now, I, you know, the NBA Jam, I don't know if there is matchmaking, I want to say you have to have a friend's code so hopefully these will have that matchmaking because you got to have that with with a fighting game i mean you can't just have one friend who lives across the country who number one you have to then have him invest in the cabinet and then you know get in there and uh try to find a way to play together you just you have to have matchmaking so hopefully they did that because that'd be sweet man you could really make have a night have some friends over not to fight each other but just say yo let's take on the world and uh battle um and that's what i think would be cool with nba jam you know if they kind of had that in there but uh, arcade went up, man. I, you know, I'm who knows this may, we may end up getting another one. I mean, these are, um, just some things that I've really enjoyed collecting. They're, they're really awesome. Uh, let's switch gears away from video games and move on to movies. Uh, we did learn yesterday that, uh, Deadpool three, um, which I think had been confirmed was already coming, uh, is not only going to be officially in the Marvel cinematic universe, but it will be the first MCU film featuring an R rating uh which is awesome this was announced by kevin feige over in collider and he said uh it will be rated r we are working on a script right now and ryan is overseeing a script right now it will not be filming this year he said ryan is very very busy and successful actor we've got a number of things we've already announced that we have to make but it's exciting for it to have begun again a very different type of character in the mcu and ryan is a force of nature which is just awesome to see him bring that character to life 
So there you go. I think, uh, well, Ryan Reynolds even tweeted something about how uh, the first order of business is find the guy who killed Bambi's mom. <laughs> you know, be, having him be a part of Disney, I think that's that's hilarious. And you know what? It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if we see that the way, uh, you know, Deadpool 1 and 2 are. I could see definitely that movie starting with Deadpool finding who killed Bambi's mom uh, or, you know, exacting revenge on Scar or, you know, whoever. Think of any Disney villain I could see it happening or, you know, even the live action Disney movies, Pirates of the Caribbean, anything like that. I could see Deadpool bringing in and, and hopefully Disney gives them um, the the rights to do so, right? Because that would be the only way, I think, for it to happen. Now, then, you know, the other question outside of the just the crazy cameos and things like that, that would be in a Deadpool 3 is what is a Deadpool in the MCU be? You know, do we still have the same Deadpool we had from um, 1 and 2? I mean, that Deadpool kind of blurred the line of the X-Men films, right? He wasn't really the same Deadpool we saw uh, in Wolverine. Um, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe he is, um, and that would just be different. But I think it could be a, a perfect time for them to kind of still hint and blur that line, but then also bring in the mutants and the X-Men. That may be a way for them to... Um, bring in the X-Men, you know, maybe that is the way they do it. You know, if he's now a part of the MCU right there, immediately you have mutants involved. I mean, we saw in Deadpool 2, we had Colossus, we saw him go to, um, you know, Xavier's school with all the mutants there. So he is, a, a could be that gap that's bridged. But, you know, when we think about the X-Men coming in, I think we, we, we all want more of a serious introduction. Um, and... Speaking of introductions with mutants, that could be the way that somehow WandaVision could be that way to kind of blur it. Um, Paul Bettany said recently that there is a secret character uh, who is going to be in this, or he said apparently an actor is kind of how he's phrasing it, um, who's going to be in WandaVision that viewers will not see coming and they won't be able to see coming. Now, we were kind of chatting in the Discord about Potentially, um, the uh, idea that Quicksilver maybe is that character because, you know, from my viewpoint, you know, she's bringing Vision back kind of into her mind and kind of back into reality that her bringing her brother back could be the way. And the reason I say that's, you know, could be the crossover is both, you know, Quicksilver's a mutant. Wanda's essentially a mutant. They're, they're the children of Magneto, right? Or, or, you know, maybe Magneto is the way. I mean, that's kind of what a lot of people have been thinking is, you know, um, you know, could you, could you imagine Ian McKellen possibly being in this playing Magneto? Uh, or do we get a young Magneto? Maybe be, I mean, that would probably be the way because you would need kind of these, you know, the younger way, uh, to, to go with it. Um, I don't know who that could be. You know, if it's somebody we don't see coming, who is it? Who could it be? You know, I, I'm, I would want to say that, that, you know, the easy way out is a Quicksilver is maybe somebody that we've already seen in the MCU just kind of doing a cameo. Um, but I really hope it's not. I mean, if it's somebody from the X-Men verse, that would be incredible for them to finally like acknowledge that, you know, kind of some of the things they've done with like with Star Wars by pulling in some legacy characters or nods to that, you know, that's been great ways to kind of give, like I said, give a nod to to the, the history of that and, and I like that wink, wink to fans. Um, I think it would be cool if they did that in WandaVision, but, you know, who knows? I mean, this is obviously leading up to kind of the multiverse movie um, of, of Doctor Strange. So there are definitely possibilities and many multiverses, I'm sure, that WandaVision could kind of explore, but whether or not they, they go that far and kind of pull in some of those X-Men characters, I don't know. But 
I don't know. My mind was kind of going crazy last night thinking about who it could be. And, you know, um, I, I, as much as I think the easy way is Quicksilver, and I, I would kind of put my money on that. Um, if Paul Bettany's saying it's somebody we just won't be able to see coming, um, maybe not, because I think that is somebody we could see coming. So uh, we shall see. This Friday, WandaVision launching. And uh, I'm going to do the same like I did with uh, Mandalorian. I decided I will be doing watching WandaVision and then giving you an episode, although we are supposedly getting two episodes this Friday. Uh, I'm not sure what the runtime is on those, so I may not do the second. I may do the first one, and then maybe even Saturday, do the second one, kind of give you the, um, the the breakdown of that episode. But we'll see how it all goes, see how long those episodes are. But that's going to do it for me today, guys. Thank you here, as always, for tuning into the show. Uh, big thanks, as always, to Gamergoo. Gamergoo, remember, is that antiperspirant for your hands, so if you get those sweaty controllers while you're playing games... Put this on, gets you up to four hours of coverage. They have a bunch of different scents, uh, from teakwood to orange to peppermint to cherry blossom to the new beach breeze. Head over to GamerGoo.com. You can check all those out, get all the information you need, and even order it over there. If you do dive in and order some, be sure to use my promo code TEL, T-E-L, and save yourself 10% off your order today. Again, that's GamerGoo.com. Use my promo code TEL. Save yourself 10% off your order today. You can find all those links down in the show notes. Well, guys, thank you here as always for making me a part of your day. And until tomorrow, we'll catch you next time.